Hello and welcome to the Millennial Economics Podcast. My name is Jared Dixon and I'll be your host today. I've got some new intro music. Uh, It's uh, very unorthodox, but um, you know what? I like it. I love jazz. Um, And this is my podcast and I (laughs) kind of figured I can just do kind of what I want. Um, So we may get some different jazz music um, throughout the weeks of the podcast, throughout the episodes. And so that'll be just a surprise for you. Um, if you're a jazz fan, um, you're welcome. You'll enjoy it. If you're not, I know I hear a lot of people talk about jazz and they say that, uh, you know, they, they can't keep the, the rhythm. There's no beat and they're making, they're making errors and the melodies don't make sense. And my brain hurts. And I think that's everything I love about it. So I, it, there's a little jazz club here in Kansas city, uh, where I live, called um, Green Lady Lounge. I don't know if anybody's ever been there before, but it's just a great place to just totally get absorbed by you know the brass and the woodwinds and and the the percussionist and you know you sit shoot sometimes twelve inches away from the musicians at this place and you get a table and a couple of good drinks and it's a it's a heck of a time um, heck of a time so. Um, anyways, welcome to episode three, the Millennial Economics Podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with me. Thanks for much, so much for tuning in. If you're new to the podcast, um, this is a podcast dedicated to helping young people be successful with money. And essentially what that means is that um, we discuss just kind of everyday things that I think young people need to be thinking about and need to be learning and need to be implementing into their lives, into their daily practice, into their money habit or their money routine, I guess you could say. A lot of people, especially with young people, um, we want a lot of money. We want freedom. We want, you know, financial independence, and we want to retire early. But we don't know essentially what it really takes to get there. Uh, we don't know what it means to set ourselves up for the future. You know, maybe we've never done a budget before. Maybe we're new to money. Maybe we're just coming into a little bit of extra money. Maybe we just started a, a career. Maybe we just had a kid. Uh, all that stuff. A lot of new stuff. A lot of new stuff. But we millennials are, are running into a lot of money in society, you know, I've said this on other episodes, but, you know, we're the people that are buying homes and we're the people that are getting promotions at work and we're the people having kids and we're the people buying new cars and, you know, we're, we're big players in the economy these days and we have a real opportunity to be one of the best generations ever when it comes to building wealth and being outrageously generous, as Dave Ramsey would say. Uh, and, you know, really, really doing things right with money. And so that's really my aim. I want to help young people be successful. I mean, I do that through encouragement and, and through knowledge. Um, so we have a couple topics to discuss today, and we're just going to jump right into it. Um, the first topic I really want to discuss is five ways to increase your income and achieve your financial goals. And this was a cool, you know, actually out of everything that I've written and, and discussed, uh, and really I... I this podcast is just a more in-depth dive into some of the topics that I write about throughout the week or weeks. Um, but this one got really great reception. Um, and it was kind of for an off, it wasn't even necessarily the topic of the article, uh, but the way that I kind of begun the article, I almost deleted it, to be honest with you, because it kind of was off topic, but it seemed to resonate with some people. Basically, I started off saying that, you know, you don't have to be an entrepreneur or a number one, as I like to say, and I actually learned that, and I think I heard that first from Gary Vaynerchuk. You don't have to be a number one to be wealthy. And what I mean by that is you, entrepreneurship is really sexy. This day and age, a lot of people uh, 
a lot of people want to be an entrepreneur. They want to own a business. I actually was listening to the Dave Ramsey show. Um, I don't say I was. I listen to it pretty much every <laughs> every day. It's a it's a great show. It's a great podcast. But so many people will call in, and you know, Dave or one of the other hosts or Ramsey personalities will ask the person that calls in, you know, well, what do you want to do with your life? And they say, well, I want to invest in real estate and I want to own my own business. And they'll say, that sounds great. Um, what do you want to do? What is that business going to be? And they have no idea. It's like the, the idea of owning a business and the idea of being a real estate investor is really sexy and it sounds cool, but it's not fleshed out. Like, you know, yes, owning a business is great. Yes, being a number one is great. Yes, it's a great path to wealth, all of that stuff. But, you know, I don't think entrepreneurship's for everybody. And if everybody was an entrepreneur, um, there'd be no people to, to be number twos, threes, and fours. There'd be nobody to run these businesses and to, to help those people that are, are equipped to be an entrepreneur out. And trust me, there's a lot of money to be made when you're number two, three, or four. Um, something that I heard from Gary Vaynerchuk is that, you know, think about it. The number two, three, and four at Facebook are doing pretty good. <laughs> They're making more money than, than most of the people listening, most likely, you know? So it, it's one of those deals where, you know, there's been a, I don't even know if this is the right word, but a, a villainization of the nine-to-five job, I think, in my generation and in recent days. And I just kind of want to debunk that. Jobs are great. <clears throat> my job helps me pay my mortgage and my bills, and it provides me a great living. And it provides a great living for a lot of the people around me. Um, side hustles, yeah, they're great. Um, starting a business, you know, honestly, it's great. Um, it, it Having a business is, um, you know, for, for a lot of people, should be a goal. You know, to have a, a stream of income that's solely relying on you. And really, when I say relying on you, I mean relying on your customers. Because <laughs> without customers, you don't have a business. I don't care what the heck you're doing. So that remains to be seen. And that's a probably conversation for a different time. But let's not, let's not overlook what an actual job can provide for us. And one thing that I made a mistake of early in life is I had these jobs that I was getting paid good money um, with. And all I could do during my work hours was think about starting a business and thinking about, you know, better equipping myself for, you know, my exit strategy. <clears throat> Literally sometimes from the first week when I started a job. And uh, one day I sat back and I'm like, you know what, if I, if I put half as much energy into wanting to leave here and figuring out how I'm going to leave here into actually being successful here, I might do pretty well for myself. Uh, and so I started doing that. I definitely haven't, uh, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I manage Millennial Economics, um, the podcast, the writing of the articles, the marketing, and the whole deal. Um, I manage all of that, and so obviously I, I do like the entrepreneurship thing. Obviously, I do allocate some of my time and some of my resources toward not just work, my day job. But I, I now spend a lot of time thinking about how I can be better at the thing that's paying my freaking bills. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like really counterintuitive, but it's something that took me a long time to to learn. Um, so really, I want to discuss here um, five ways to increase your income and achieve your financial goals. And that was my beginning tangent that we don't have to be an entrepreneur um, to to be successful. So um, number one is become a linchpin. I read a book. Actually, I listened to a book um, on a road trip a long time ago. Um, I drug my wife down to Texas. I think I think it was our Texas trip, uh, Han, if you're listening, um, where we it was a long time ago and I had a beater of a of a convertible little, I think it was a Pontiac Sunbird. can't remember. I think it was a Pontiac Sunbird, and we drove that sucker down to uh, 
Texas to get in and out <laughs> because we're for, where I'm from. Um, we, we don't have in and out and she really wanted it. And so, you know, why not? Why not take a little trip down to Texas? So um, we did that. And I, I'm pretty sure that we listened to this linchpin book um, there and back. And I tell you, it was uh, really struck a chord with both of us, particularly my wife, because she doesn't get too much into the self-help and kind of businessy, you know, books. And uh, she even references this book to this day. Um, so the principles really resonated with her. But essentially, Lynchpin talks about being irreplaceable um, wherever you find yourself, but particularly in the workplace. You know, so if you provide so much value and you're so innovative and you do your job to such a high level that, you know, if you left, things wouldn't go well. And this doesn't mean you you hoard information or anything like that. That's not what this means at all. That's a terrible idea. Don't do that. But if you're providing so much value to your employer that they, quote unquote, can't get rid of you or you, you're one of the last people um, that they would get rid of, then you're doing a great job. Um that's what you want to be. And whenever you get to that point, um, you can start, you'll either start receiving more money for your work if you work for a good, a good employer, or you can ask for more money um, and they're going to give it to you because you're worth more. You increase your value to that company. And really, working for a company is just an exchange of goods and it's, it's a time exchange for dollars. And yes, intellect and, and hard work and all that, yes. But at the end of the day, it's, the things that you provide being in the building or working for that company, and they pay you for that. Um, and so if you think about it in those simple terms, the more and the, the better product that you're able to give your company, the more that they can pay you or the more that another company is going to pay you. Um, so work on becoming a linchpin. And if you have any interest in uh, learning more about what that is and if you're a fan of Seth Godin or maybe if you ever never have even heard of him before, I'd highly suggest um, giving linchpin a, a read or a listen to um, Seth Godin's one of those guys that's just a hyper intellectual. He's super smart. Um, sometimes his ideas are a little abstract and over my head, but you know I do have to say that he uh, I, I do like him quite a bit. So let's move on to number two. Choose your job and career wisely. Choose your job and career wisely. So um, this is a big one. I think a lot of young people get super romantic about work. And I get it. I, you know, I'm, I'm romantic about work to a certain extent. I don't want to do something every day that I absolutely hate. However, I'm also going to weigh, when it comes to my, my career choice, I'm going to weigh how much money that job can give me. And that's a big factor in <laughs> what I choose to do for my work. Um, I want to make a good amount of money. I don't want to be miserable. I'm not sacrificing my entire life and you know, making it revolve around my job. But I do want to be very well compensated for what I do in my life. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of deciding factors on what might be important for you. You know, income should be one of them because we all need income to live. But maybe it's the amount of hours you work. Maybe it's where you work, the type of work you're doing, the people that you're surrounded by, um, the learning opportunities for that career, uh, you know, the intellectual engagement of that career. All of these things are things you should take into account, but just let's not neglect neglect money. I think a lot of people, young people, neglect money. They have a romantic idea that I want to do this and I want to do that and, you know, the money will eventually come, you know, we'll find a way and they're almost romantic with career like they are with a love interest. Um, but I, I just can't recommend enough that whatever you decide to do with your life, make sure that the economics, the economic side work well too. Some of my passions have been purely fueled by the income that I've made at my job, you know, whether it be this endeavor, music, uh, 
food, you know, trying new foods, traveling, um, cars. Uh, I have a lot of interest outside of books. Um, all of that's fueled by the amount of money that I can make with the work that I do. Um, if I didn't make a lot of money and I my family struggled and we struggled and a lot of that stuff I wouldn't be able to tap into because we'd be strapped so tight. So money's not evil. I was listening to, gosh, some YouTube video online recently and uh, some young lady uh, on the liberal side of things, um, she thought that money was evil and she she wishes that there was no purpose for it and she she you know even to the point where they think that wealthy people are evil and I'm not going to get into the politics but I just think that's wrong uh, money's not evil maybe what it brings out of us um, you know it, it shines a light into who we really are and it can it can become a tool for evil sure or it can bring out bad things in the people who have it absolutely um, but money in and of itself in my opinion is not evil um, so er, wanting to earn a good amount of it is not bad. And, you know, you'll be able to benefit a lot of people around you if you have a good income. Um, you know, my kids benefit greatly from my income. My wife benefits greatly from our income. Um, you know, family, friends, people at birthdays, um, you know, my church. A lot of people benefit from the income that I have. And so if you want to be, uh, um, you know, think outwardly, which I think we all should, um, definitely money can, can be a good thing for others. Um, something that I wrote, a high income can propel you toward your passions. Your job doesn't always have to be your passion. My job has allowed me to pursue and explore my passions. I'm very grateful for that. Exactly what I said before. Sorry, you guys know I love tea, so I'm drinking, I'm drinking tea as I'm talking to you. <laughs> hope, hope you don't mind. Uh, number three, don't be trendy. So trendy careers come and go. Um, sometimes it's working for, and again, you know, Maybe the trend's working for a nonprofit. Maybe it's working for a big company like Facebook or Google. None of these things are bad. None of these things are bad, but maybe think about a career in terms of the value that it can provide to others, the longevity that it has, the income that it can provide, maybe the time off it can give you or the opportunity to travel it can give you. Um, but just going after what's trendy isn't always a great thing. Not always a great thing because certain things last and th certain things don't. And I can tell you trends change. Um, so if what's cool with your friends now, it doesn't have much demand in 10 years um, because it's saturated or, you know, it's, it's uh, just the times are dictating that people are getting more into this career for no good reason. You know, tech, um, the STEM fields not included in that because that's something where our economy and our society is going to and we're going to need these smart minds in these fields. But um, just just don't be trendy. Think about things critically and logically. I think we could all you know, benefit from a little more logic and, and critical thinking. Um, number four, this is a big one, y'all. Um, ask. A lot of people neglect this. They think they're trapped where they work, um, and they don't, they just don't ask for more money. I've done this before in my, in my career, um, where I have a feeling, and again, it's something that I'm very sensitive about, because I want to make sure I'm having enough self-awareness that I don't get this one wrong, because the worst thing you can do is you're not providing the value that you think you are and, and you know, you're not very self-aware and you go to your boss and you ask for a promotion or ask for more money and they're like, ha, yeah, right, you don't do anything around here. <laughs> that just puts a black mark on you. You know, you might find yourself without a job <laughs> if, you, if you go about it that way. But, you know, go to people that you, uh, you trust. Go to some coworkers, maybe, you know, feel that out. Um, parents, loved ones. Um, tell them a little bit about your situation. Ask and do some research and see if you might be 
undercompensated. But don't be afraid to ask because oftentimes um, the busyness of, of business with your bosses can get in the way and you might bring something up and in a respectful and a good way and a tactful way and they might open their eyes and they might go, oh yeah, you know what? Um, you are worth more money than, uh, than we've been paying you and you, are, you do deserve that, that promotion. Um, we're going to give it to you. Um, so if you're, if you're a linchpin at your company, if you're killing it, if you're you know, elevating, I like to say this, if you're elevating others around you, not just elevating yourself, but if you're elevating others around you, if you're making other people's jobs better, if you're moving the company forward, you know, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask your boss for, for a promotion or more money. And number five, this is the last one, don't be afraid to leave your company. It's a shocker, right? Um, I don't think millennials struggle with this a ton, but I did want to put it on this list because changing jobs can be really hard. Um, you have to learn a lot, especially if you really get into the groove of a, your workplace and you, know, you don't have to learn many things new every day and, and you make good money and you know, what have you. Um, you might have a tendency to just stay someplace because it's comfortable, um, but sometimes we need to push past the comfort around us be a little bit uncomfortable and reap the rewards of, of persevering through that um, trying time, right? Um, you know, if you go to your boss and you truly feel that you're worth more than you're being paid and they don't uh, seem to, to agree with you, you know, it might be time to leave. I think I, I read an article, I heard some somewhere on a podcast, I can't remember, but, you know, people usually get a pay raise when they change companies. And this podcast I was listening to actually recommended that people change companies every like three to five years. I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. I think it's so nuanced and it's so, you know, your decision is is quite unique to you. But leaving your company can be a great, great thing. Going somewhere else where they see the value in you and they're going to compensate you for it. Um, so definitely, you know, don't neglect this option. And what I'll say too is that young people have a tendency not to stay at companies long enough persevere with where you are, plant some roots, you know, make, actually sink, sink your teeth into the projects that you have in front of you and, and try to make the place that you're at better and try to do your job with excellence where you are. But don't be afraid to leave if, if you have to, you know, it, and, and self-analyze, be self-aware, like I just said about asking for a raise. You know, if you see a, a tendency of yourself to bail after things get hard after six months, because there's always a honeymoon phase of work, Right? You start this new company, there's not much expectation on you, um, six months in, you're making good money, you're making friends, and then all of a sudden your job gets hard and you're not doing what you need to do or you know, there's challenges, and then you bail and you've done this the past 10 years, you have 20 jobs in the past 10 years on your resume or on LinkedIn, you know, maybe you need to look inwardly and say, hey, I'm going to stick out, I'm going to stick it somewhere, I'm plant some roots and actually you know, <laughs> break through some walls. Um, get over get over some obstacles and, and better myself. Um, so just just be self aware with this one. Um, and that's really want to talk about you know five ways again to increase your income and achieve your financial financial goals. Number one is become a linchpin. Number two, choose your job and your career wisely. Number three, don't be trendy. Number four, ask ask for more, ask for a raise. And number five, don't be afraid to leave your company. Uh, want to take a quick break here from the topics just to uh, talk about a sponsor on the video. Um, again, I, every podcast really, um, since Millennial Economics Inception, Inception, I've talked about Acorns, um, but I'm just such a believer in it. Um, I've been investing 
in Acorns or using the Acorns platform for, I said six years last podcast. I think it's been that long, but it's been a, it's been four plus for sure. Four, five, six years. I can't remember exactly. I'm such a believer in what they do. Um, when I got that app, I think I heard about it on a podcast or read an article. And it's just for, it's, it's a great option for beginner investors that don't want to choose their own ETFs, that don't want to choose their own stocks, that don't want to choose their own index funds, that don't necessarily know what a mutual fund is, that, uh, you know, they, they don't, they've never looked at a stock charts before. They don't know what a stock is, what, whatever, real estate. They, they're a beginner investor, but they want to get involved in the market. They want to capitalize on some of these gains that are happening and that are available to them. Acorns is a great way to do it. And it's an easy way because they offer two key features. Um, the roundups, so you attach your card or your checking account to it. Every transaction that you do, it'll round it up to the nearest dollar and invest that spare change into an investment account that you choose from uh, conservative all the way up to aggressive and many points in between. It also, the feature that I really like is just the automated investing. So you choose one of those portfolios, you set your investing to weekly or daily or uh, monthly or whatever you want. Um, and you just automate your investing so you don't have to think about it. And all of a sudden, you're going to look in your Acorns account, and there's going to be some interest from your investments. And you know maybe you've been investing for six months, and you're going to see some real cash in there. And the biggest piece of consistent investing and getting serious with your money and making good choices is seeing a little bit of freaking progress. Amen? Uh, and so Acorns gives you the ability uh, to do that really easily. So um, if you sign up with the link down in the show notes here, you're going to get $5 added to your Acorns account for free, no strings attached automatically. And I get a little kickback from that as well. Um, so if you'd like to support the podcast, I'd appreciate it. Um, but let's, let's move on. I don't like spending a ton of time on that sort of stuff. Um, so the next thing, the final thing I want to talk about is how to increase your knowledge to master your finances. And then I'm going to give you some podcast, book, and YouTube recommendations. And this by no means is an exhaustive list, um, but I do want to just touch on a little bit here. So just a quick story for you. Let me get us another sip of tea. So when I was 19, I got my first job, and it was a job that uh, paid well. I didn't, I didn't go to college. You know, this, this job uh, was a corporate gig. I was actually, I think, the youngest employee there. It was a, I think it was over 1,000 employees. But it offered a 401k, long story short. It offered a 401k. I had no idea what a 401k was, but I did opt into it because everybody in my training class opted into it. They said it's kind of a no-brainer. There was something like a company match, whatever the heck that was. <laughs> you know, I didn't know at the time. Um, and I worked there for a couple years, and that that looking back and knowing what those balances were for how much I was making and investing – um, after that two, those two years that I were there, that, that account did really, really well. <laughs> I wish I still had that account. Um, but because I didn't know any better, I cashed it out. Um, I, I took the penalty, I took the tax hit and I cashed it out and I lost a bunch of money and I don't even remember what I used that money for. I'm sure it wasn't something completely frivolous, but it, it's something that would be a huge asset for me now. And I did that. I made that mistake because I didn't have the knowledge. Uh, you know, I didn't know what investing was back then. I was 19 years old. Now, my parents didn't really have a big history of investing, um, and I, I wasn't really plugged in with anybody that was you know, wealthy or, or that knew their stuff with this, and so I didn't know. I wasn't a big reader at that point either. Uh, my point is, is that knowledge is power when it comes to winning with your finances, and really knowledge is power in so much of life. You know, if you don't know what the right decision to make is, how the heck do you make the right decision? Usually it's you just get lucky or you go with a gut feeling that just ended up being the right decision. Um, but to consistently hit on the right things, to consistently be going in the right direction, 
you have to know what the direction is. You have to set a goal. Um, so I recommend, and what I do is I, I read books a lot, and this is kind of a phase thing for me. I'll go a month without reading anything, and then I'll read like six books in four weeks because <laughs> I, can't, I can't put it down. Um, but one thing I do um, engage in on a daily basis is I listen to podcasts all the time, um, and I watch quality YouTube videos all the time. I'm addicted. Whether it's about finance or way, other ways people are living their lives or investing and budgeting and all that stuff. I just geek out about it. I love finances. I, I, I'm a total money geek. Um, but it's something I surround myself with. And so whenever, you know, temptation comes and I want to spend money on this or, you know, whenever I fall into some money or I get a, you know, I get a nice little bonus or something like that, I, I have a plan in place already what I'm going to do with that. And I know that it's going to be a winning formula moving forward. And it's because of knowledge. I think a lot of people neglect that. So I'm going to give you some podcast recommendations. Again, this is not exhaustive, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a podcast person. So um, the Dave Ramsey Show, I already talked about it, but it's a great, great, great podcast. Even if you don't agree, we all have uh, probably an opinion about Dave Ramsey. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that he's helped a, a heck of a lot of people um, get straight with their money and become wealthy. And for that, I respect him, whether I agree with everything he does or, or not. It doesn't matter because he's he's doing a ton of good in this world. Um, and if you are new to money management and personal finance, you need to listen to Dave Ramsey because he will change your world. His program will change your world. It's changed mine. Um, the second podcast is How to Money. Two guys um, that just talk about money, anything. Um, investing in real estate, riding bikes and, you know, not buying vehicles or buying vehicles. They're a little more liberal with money than I am, um, but they have, they have great opinions. And they talk about credit cards and, you know, uh, insurance, anything. Are the topics, I mean, it's really endless, and I really like listening to them. Um, so I'd recommend those two podcasts. Um, obviously, you're listening to the Millennial Economics Podcast, which I would <clears throat> obviously <laughs> recommend you listen to as well. Take a sip of tea there. Um, Let's go over a couple YouTube channels I'd recommend. Number one, Cash College. This is actually a new one that I just found a couple weeks ago. I think this guy lives in Canada. Um, he's a younger guy, though, and he has a lot of, a lot of great, great opinions on money and money management, personal finance. His video editing skills are also off the charts. I mean, he puts a ton of time and energy into his work, and uh, I respect that. Um, Ryan Scribner. Um, great, great all-around personal finance, kind of side hustle, build a business um, type of guy. Graham Stephan, Graham Stephan, Graham Stephan, I think it is. <laughs> uh, big on YouTube. He's, he's blowing up. Um, a lot of the things I, a lot of things I really love that he talks about, a lot of stuff I don't. This is not one of the channels that I watch every video on. Um, and honestly, I think it can be a little repetitive, but he's, I mean, he makes a ton of money. He made, he's made a lot of money in real estate. He's made a lot of money with his investments. Um, so he's definitely one I would check out. Um, the Dave Ramsey Show, obviously, um, and The Money Guy Show. Two guys talking about anything and everything to do with money. 401ks, investing, where you should be with your net worth, all that stuff. Um, they're great, great YouTube channels. And I, I really love I really love YouTube. Um, so I, <laughs> I spend a lot of time on those. Um, some books I recommend. This is by no means exhaustive. Half of the books that I own I don't have space for at the moment. I'm working on getting some new shelving. Um, so it's, and it's hard sometimes to remember all the books I've read over the past, you know, whatever, 15 years. Um, but the ones that I could remember, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki 
Um, highlights of that is just assets versus liabilities. It's going to teach you a lot about that. Unshakable by Tony Robbins. I just read that book here recently. Um, it really kind of demystifies investing, um, and he gives overall money advice in simple layman's terms. Um, the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Hello. We've talked about Dave Ramsey three times now. Um, but he just talks about personal finance, budget, goal setting, um, discipline, gives you a clear-cut plan on how to get your life together with your money. Um, I can't recommend that enough. Again, don't agree with everything, but I think he just lays it out so well, and he's super popular. Um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. This is not a money book, but it's a leadership book, and it's a personal accountability book. Um, I can't recommend this book enough. For some reason, it just really stuck with me. I've read a lot of books in this genre, um, and anytime somebody asks me for a book recommendation about leadership or bettering yourself, I say go read Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Jocko Willink also has a podcast. It's not really, I mean, it is kind of a leadership and a, a self-help podcast, but he gets into some pretty heavy topics there. He's a Navy SEAL, and both of them are. Um, so uh, I highly recommend that. And then The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I actually, believe it or not, just read this book. And I've heard about this book for years and years and years and years and just never got around to it. But I picked it up from Half Price Books, gave it a read. And if you're looking for just, uh, hey, I want to be a better person. I want to achieve my goals. I want to I want to just be a better person for myself and for others. Um, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I can't recommend it enough. It's an easy read and it's so applicable to life. So again, this list is by no means uh, completely comprehensive. There are things on here that I'll probably, you know, think back on in five minutes and be like, "Shoot, I wish I would have, I wish I would have put that in the list." But um, take your knowledge seriously. Become a lifelong learner. Um, it is it is the biggest reason why I've had success in my life. The successes that I have had is because of knowledge and continuing to learn and being obsessed with learning new things and perfecting things and figuring out how other people have done things and implementing those in my life, into my life. It's affected my personal life. It's affected my career. It's affected my side hustles. It's affected my money. Um, it's affected my spirituality. Um, it really is so all-encompassing. Um, become a lifelong learner, um, and, uh, and you'll, you'll tend to head in the right direction. So um, that's it. We're at 30 minutes right now, which is actually longer than normal, and I was going to originally cover two more topics here. But thank you so much for spending some time with me today, this evening, this morning. Um, it's always a pleasure getting, you know, whipping out the mic out of the drawer and firing up the, the software and listening to my voice through my headphones as I talk to you guys about money. Um, what a blessing it is that I can do this and talk about something that I, I think about all the time anyways. So if you want to connect, um, millennialecon.com is the best place to reach me. Um, I would just highly suggest subscribing to the newsletter. I put out a newsletter once every week, once every two weeks with everything that I've done. It's the one-stop shop for everything millennial economics. Um, Facebook's a great place as well. I'm posting a lot of content on there. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, um, please give it a, a review wherever you listen to podcasts. That's the biggest real way that we can spread the podcast thing is, is the reviews. It's just the way that algorithms work these days. But um, I hope you guys all are having a great day, um, and we will uh, we'll talk very soon. Thanks. Bye.